0: Hey, this is Jacob Burgi, lead pastor at Field Church, and I'm so glad you're joining us today to hear this message. You know, I'm reminded that the Word of God says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And I just believe that as you hear God's Word, that your faith is going to grow in every area of your life. Thank you for joining us, and for more information about Field Church, check us out, thefuelchurch.com. Have a great day.
1: So, Today, we're going to continue with the theme of I Love My Church Because. It's no secret uh, that our church is growing. Since January, we, until now, we have doubled in size. Someone say double, And that's great. But that number really isn't the number we celebrate. The number that keeps us fueled up and going is the number of people who have made decisions to follow Christ. And since January, we have documented 311 people making life change decisions to follow Christ. Church, can we put our hands together for that number? So I want to take a step forward today and say this. The title of my message today is I Love My Church Because It's Reaching People for Christ. Can we say that together? I love my church because it's reaching people for Christ. Sounds simple, right? Today I want to talk to you about how we can reach more people for Christ and more specifically how you can share your faith to reach someone for Christ. How you, sitting right there, can share your faith and
0: reach more people for Christ.
1: Because I believe this, that deep down in the heart of each and every one of us, There is a sense and an urgency to make a difference while here on this earth. There there is an urgency to make a difference in the life of someone else. How many of you know someone who isn't a follower of Jesus? You know someone, one person, two people, right? We all know someone. We all know someone who is far from God. We all know someone who is a candidate for a life change. We all know someone who needs to experience the love of Christ. As followers, us as followers of Jesus, we are called, according to God's word, to share this good news. Someone say good news. It's not bad news. It's good news. Amen. I was once lost. Now I'm found. That's good news. I was once blind spiritually, but now I see. That's good news. Someone say good news. Come on, help me out today. Say good news. We don't have bad news. This church is anchored on good news. No matter what happens in the economy, no matter what happens in the political system, the church is anchored in good news. We have a message to get out. You say, why do you do these Outreaches, And why do we spend the money there? And why do we spend so much money on our children's and our students? Because we have a message of good news to hand down to the next generation. We have a message to get out to people who are far from God. Let me tell you, 75, 80% of those people Friday night were far from God. They were far from God. What happened on Friday? They stepped into a place where they were loved, where they felt the presence of God. They may have not even noticed it, but something happened inside them. There were conversations by the fire, there were conversations everywhere of people planting seeds of love and grace. That's what it's all about reaching someone with the gospel. We've been commissioned. To go out and tell about this good news we've experienced. Jesus said, Listen, as you follow me, I want you to know you're the salt of the earth. You're the salt. How many like salt on their food? Come on, I was putting salt on my baked potato the other day. Butter and salt. Come on, somebody. And cheese sometimes. Holla if you hear me. I'm getting hungry i got a stake waiting on me after church. Come on, somebody. And Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. I need you to preserve some people. I need you to make the gospel a little more flavorful. Stop frowning. Stop walking around acting like you're down and depressed all the time. Good God Almighty, why would someone want to be a follower of Jesus when they look at your face? When it's a disgrace to look at your face. Kind of reminds me of that song, If You See My Face, Hope It Gives
0: You Heaven. Anyway, some of you get that on the way home.
1: He said, You be the light of the world. So he says, Be salt, be light. Shine so they can see the good news of following me. So we're commissioned to reach people for Christ. We're commissioned. I believe we all know this, and we've heard many sermons. Some of you are new, and this may be new to you, but I believe most of us know this, but I also believe most of us don't do it. Hmm? So so if we know all this to be true, what Jesus is saying, like when you become a follower of me, I need you to go tell someone else. When you become a follower of me, I need you to be salt. I I need you to make the gospel attractive. I need you to make church attractive. I need you to go out and tell your story. I need you to be light. I need you to shine in your workplace. I need people to know there's a difference between you and someone else. If people can't tell a difference from you and someone who is not following Christ at your workplace, it makes me wonder. We're to let our light shine we're to share our faith, but we know this to be true, but why so often do we hesitate to share our faith? I was thinking of a few reasons why I've been hesitant over the years to share my faith, and I just wrote them down, and maybe they'll help you. Number one, I think we are afraid. We are afraid, right? I remember when I was in Bible college, and I was on the evangelism team, at uh, World Harvest Bible College, Columbus, Ohio. And what the evangelism team would do, they would go to Ohio State University and evangelize to these college students on Friday nights who were about ready to get blitzed out of their minds, who were about ready to drink one too many, about ready to make a wrong decision, about ready to take some drugs that they've never taken before. The evangelism team would meet at the outreach center We would pray. We'd get our tracts ready. We'd get our Bibles ready. And I was on that evangelist team. And I'll never forget the first probably 10 times we went out there. I was scared to death, folks, to go out and to share with someone else, especially college students, right? Because I was a college student. But to share with my peers about the gospel when I know, man, they're just trying to get to that next party, right? They're just trying to get to that next person or this or that. And so, so I remember those, sense, those feelings of being scared. I remember actually praying, sit, standing there on the corner uh, uh, where we would all gather and then disperse from there. And I remember praying, God, please don't send anybody across my path. Oh, you, you acting like you ain't ever prayed those prayers. Like, God, I don't want to tell anybody about you today, but I still love
0: you. <laughs> right?
1: And, and, and I remember that. Then, then, then a few months went by, and uh, I, I remember that I got, I got more comfortable with it. I got more comfortable with it. Then I remember a year went by, and then I'm standing on the corner, and all of a sudden this other girl on the evangelism team starts looking at me funny. She starts checking me out. And she starts saying, hey, I want your number. I like the way you witness And I caught Tara, and my life's never been the same since. All because I went out to witness at Ohio State University. Come on, on, somebody. You never know where your witness will lead you. All my single ladies, look out. You may find your man witnessing. That's the truth.com right there. We met while we were witnessing. She was like, I like your witness. I was like, I like your witness. Let's witness together. Just saying. After we're married.
0: That's a February series. Okay.
1: So, so, so why do we hesitate? We're afraid, number one. Number two, we don't feel qualified. We don't feel qualified, right? Um, um, what if I don't know how to answer them? What if I don't know enough Bible to to combat what they're saying to me? What if I don't have the Bible memorized? We don't feel qualified. Number three, we don't don't want want to be pushy. The reason we hesitate is we don't want to be pushy because someone pushed it down our throat. Somebody misrepresented Christ to us. Somebody told us, that we're going to burn in an internal flame if we don't put our cigarette out, and it freaked us out. They're like smoking. Oh, you like that smoke? You like that flame around that? That's going to be forever for you, brother! Turn or burn! <laughs> and so, so we're freaked out. We're like, we don't want to be in that category. And let me just tell you, don't be in that category. Don't, don't misrepresent the church of Jesus Christ. Don't send. You have no power to send people to hell or heaven. That's God's decision. Someone said, where you, you know, someone, so-and-so's so on their deathbed. They didn't serve Christ. Maybe in the last moments they reached out to Christ. I believe God's hand is not too short that it cannot save. So you never know. So, so we're afraid. Number one, we don't feel qualified. Number two, we don't want to be pushy. And number four, we're just simply complacent. We're good. We're saved. Our name's written in the book. We go to a new church that's got new padded chairs. We're good. Yep, yep. We got cool new floors and lights, and you know we're good. Our family's saved. Our kids are in kids' church. They love Jesus. And so we're just really complacent. Why, why do we want to rock the boat when we're comfortable in our Christianity? W- why do we want to risk being rejected? Come hmm? on. And because we've been rejected in the past by other people and hurt, we're comfortable without saying a word to someone about Christ. So we are afraid, we don't feel qualified, we don't want to be pushy, and we are complacent. May I remind you this, that you do not need a theological degree to share your faith. Yep. You don't don't need it. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know all the answers about the Bible. May I let you know that I don't have all the answers for the Bible. Someone say, well, dang, I ain't coming back to this church. This pastor don't even know what he's talking about. I didn't say I didn't know what I was talking about. I said, I don't have all the answers. There's a scripture that I cling to in times of devastation and heartache and loss, and it's the secret things belong to the Lord. There are some things that we will never figure out until we get to heaven. I don't understand. How a child dies—that's that, hard for me. A loved one passes—that's that, hard. The secret things belong to the Lord. Amen. We don't always have to have all the answers, friends. But what we can do is we can be there for people Amen. who are searching for the answers. So, so you don't need a theological degree. And 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 maybe for somebody you're thinking, man. I, I, I just, man, my perception of sharing my faith with someone has just been one-sided, and maybe you were taught a certain way at another church or by somebody on the internet or whatever. And and, and and you have just a warped perception of what it means to be a witness and share your life. You know, maybe you've seen a bad video on YouTube that showed people just acting crazy, like, or maybe you've seen the signs downtown Indy, like. If you don't repent, brother, you're going to hell, and they're handing you tracks, and they're saying this and saying that. You know? Maybe that's your perception of sharing Christ. Um, I don't know what it is, but I want to remind each of us that we have been commissioned by Jesus to go and to share. We have been commissioned to be His ambassadors. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down the disciples went out. Jesus went up. He said, but I'm not leaving you comfortless. I'm putting my Holy Spirit in you. And then he said, disciples, I need you to go, which last week we've seen a disciple is someone who is just learning from their leader, following their leader, amen, growing from their leader. We're all disciples here following Jesus. So we are called to reach people for Christ. You say, you I I just don't know where to start. What's what's my starting point? How do I do this? And I'm so glad you asked because I came prepared to tell you how to start. Are you ready? Hopefully you're taking notes because note takers get a special place in heaven. And um, I heard a sad stat, especially for someone in my occupation, is that 24 hours after I preach a message that you only remember 2% of what I preached. And that is hard for me to swallow (laughs) when I spend hours and hours preparing and studying. So that tells me you need to take notes, and you need to re-listen the message many times after. And both are available on our website. All right. The first way you can share your faith is this. You can use what you have. Say that with me. You can use what you have. One more time. You can use what you have. In fact, this is the very first way we see the gospel spread by an unlikely candidate named Levi, or, his, or they, his name was Matthew. He was one of the first followers of Jesus. You remember? You remember his occupation? He was a tax collector. So Levi, he's called Levi or Matthew. I think he, he got, his mom got confused when he was born, whatever the case is. But when Jesus changed Matthew... It changed his life, and he simply couldn't keep the love of Jesus to himself. Think about this. Here's Matthew, and here's a man that didn't know anything about sharing his faith. He, he, he wasn't a preacher. He, he wasn't raised in a pastor's home. He had no biblical training. Uh, he hadn't been even close to church all of his life. And here's a guy he didn't have scripture memorized. But the only thing this guy knew how to do is the same thing he did when he was a tax collector before he encountered Jesus. And that was this guy, Matthew, knew how to throw a party. He knew how to throw a party. So so he encounters his destiny. His life has changed. And you know what he did? Exactly that. He said, you know, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw a party to let everybody know that my life has been changed. I'm not following this world system anymore. I'm not going to continue ripping people off. He he was the modern day IRS government. I know know they're all honest. Don't worry. Anyway, moving right along. He, He said, my life has been changed And. I want to let my friends know. And so he sent out invitations to his coworkers and his friends, and he fired up the grill, and he, got the, he rented a DJ, and the music was bumping. And obviously, I modernize the stories. Work with me a little bit. And he threw a big party. In Luke chapter 5, verse 29, we see it. It says, Then Levi, or Matthew, held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with him. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to them, their sect complained to his disciples, "Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners?" Verse 31, Jesus answered them, "It is not healthy it is not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance." All Matthew knew that hey all my friends and co-workers are far from God, and I just started on this journey, but I can throw a party, and I know they'll all show up. He, he used what he had. What, what do you have today? What, what do you have that you could use your influence to gather people? He, he simply became relational in his approach, and it wasn't nothing crazy. I know people and families in here who throw parties to gather unchurched people to their house. And I think that's awesome. Maybe you love to host and throw parties, or maybe you're here and you say, man, I love to cook. I'm sure there's some college students would love to eat your cooking. Any college student would come over for a free meal, amen? I know I would in college. I got sick of ramen noodles. There's only a certain amount of ways you can make them. Maybe you like basketball, and you, you, know, you, you use what you have, and you start helping or coaching or start a league or whatever. You use what you have. Maybe you like to fish or hunt, and maybe that's, that's your hobby. What is your hobby? The list could go on. Maybe you like to crochet. Or, I don't know. Sew stuff, and you could bring other people. and it, 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 could, it could be something that you use to reach people for Christ. Matthew said, I'm just going to do what I've always done, but just in a different way. I used to put, throw parties and have the Bacardi, but now I'm going to throw parties and have the grape juice. <laughs> all right, good. And he said, I'm just going to use what I have. He simply called his buddies and said, let, 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 let's have a party. They all came. I want to encourage you in the same way. You can use what you have to reach those that are far from God. Everybody. Everybody. Listen, everybody has something they can use to reach someone for Christ. Everybody in here, think about it. You have something you can use to reach someone for Christ. God can use you as you use what you have to reach people. Amen? So, number one, we can reach people for Christ. We need to learn that we can use what we have. Number two is you can invite someone to church. Let's say that together. You can invite someone to church. In John chapter four, we see a powerful story about a woman who had experienced a lot of hurts in her life. When she met Jesus, her life completely changed. She was offered living water and a relationship that would change her life forever. John chapter four, verse 28, you see it on the screen here. It says this. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, listen to this, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Look at this. What did she do? She didn't memorize scripture again. She didn't preach. She didn't even pray for them. Imagine that. She simply invited everyone to come and meet the Savior who just changed your life. She simply invited them. How many of you are here today because somebody down the road invited you to church? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Somebody invited you. Somebody invited you. Somebody invited you. Raise your hand. Raise it high. Raise it. Raise it. Raise it high. Keep it up. Everybody look around. Everybody look around. Somebody invited you to church. That's why you're sitting here. Yeah, look at it. Almost 80%, 85, I would say. Huh? Some of you came to know Christ because someone simply invited you. Some of you have been baptized and will get baptized because somebody invited you. Invited you. Listen, we know this. Church doesn't save people. Obviously, we know that. But Jesus does. And Jesus is here. So the church is not the Savior. Jesus is the Savior. I want to encourage you, don't ever underestimate the power of an invite card. We get these printed every month. Around a, we get a 1,000 of them. And we print them so you can invite people to come and see the Savior that's changed your life. Here's this lady. She sat at a well. Her life was jacked up, had five husbands, sleeping with the sixth one. Come on, somebody. Jesus read her mail. Right. She said, I'm leaving here and I'm going telling all my friends about this man. Hey, come and see, come and see. Just come with me. They're like, what, what? No, just come, just come. You got to come see. You got to come experience it. You got to come see it. You see, you think you got to explain everything to the people you invite. No, here, here, just come and see, just come and see, just come and see. No, you just, just come sit by me. Come and see. Well, what's it about? Just come and see. It's amazing. It'll rock your life. It'll, it'll change you. It's changed me. Just come and see. Just come and see. Just come and see. And she simply invited people. This woman was broken. This woman had had a hard life. She made a lot of wrong choices. Do you know anybody who's made a lot of wrong choices? My hands up. This woman had bruises and hurts that caused her deep pain. And you also will see people in your life, people that you work with, people that you go to school with, people at the gym, people at the grocery store that you just happen to run into that you haven't seen in a long time. You'll see people who you can invite out. Hey, come and see, man, God is moving. Yeah, we went to two services. They're going to say, I hear, you know, what? I hear all the time. I heard, or I seen on Facebook. Why? Because they're talking. They're talking about what's happening at fuel church. And you're going to say, Yep, you need to come and see. You need to experience it. it. It is awesome. It's changed me. Huh? I always think of this: that one invite, one invite could be all it takes to change somebody's life. One invite. How hard is it to hand that to someone? How hard? She went to her friends. She went to the people who knew her life. She probably went to some of the men. Come on now. And she was getting freaky in the tiki with. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and they're like, come on, man. We know you. <laughs> come on. Really? You've you got to come and see. Just come out. Come out. Come out. Come and experience it. One invite. Could change someone's life. I believe this week that God will use you to lead someone to Christ through a simple invite. I believe that. I simply believe that. We don't put this on your chair just so it looks cool. We put it on your chair so you'll take it. One. That's all we asked. We didn't say 10, 20, 100. We just said one each week. If everyone will take one each week and just say, hey, come and see what God is doing, just come and see. The church and the kingdom of God will continue to flourish and grow. So number one, you can use what you have. Someone say, you can use what you have. Number two, you can invite someone to church. And number three, as we wrap up, you can share your story. You can share your story. Your story is the most powerful tool you have. Think about it. You cannot argue with someone's story. We can argue Bible doctrine, theology, scriptures, All day long, right? You ever met those kind of people? Let me encourage you, don't argue those things, right? It's not profitable. The Bible says not to, actually. There's a scripture about that. We can argue that all day long, but you cannot argue with somebody's story that I was blind, but now I see, that I was lost, but now I'm found. Jesus changed me. Can't argue with that. You can't argue with the story, friends. And so I want to encourage you, To share your story. One time Jesus healed this blind man in John chapter 9. And there were tons of skeptics and people criticizing Jesus. And they they started calling him a con and even a sinner. Imagine that. Calling Jesus a sinner. Then in John 9.25 this blind man says this. He replied and he says whether he is a sinner or not I don't know. But one thing I do know. I was blind, but now I see. What did he do? He told his story. He simply told his story about how Jesus saved him. John continues, and these skeptics continue to fight back, and in verse 26, they said, Then they asked him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, the blind man said, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple too? Huh? I love this. This blind man's like, listen, I already told you my story. Why are you asking me again? Are, are you wanting to follow him too? As you've criticized him, as you've mocked him, as you've called him names, you want to be one of his disciples too? This man's Story had power to get even the skeptic to start believing, and so does yours. We all know people, atheists. We all know people, I don't believe in God. We all know people, ah, religion's for weak people, right? We've heard it all, right? We all know those people. But your story is one step away from opening the skeptic's heart your story is one step away from sharing the good news that starts them on a journey of believing. Your story. Your, what did God do? I, I, I don't know. I know what he did for me. What did he do for you? We can all share that, right? We all have a story. That's why I love, we, we have this. We've had it for a few months. It's called mystoryatthefuelchurch.com. And it's a way that you can email us your story, and some of you have. I wish many of you more would. Email us your story of how you've been changed, how, this, how since you started coming to Fuel Church, God has radically changed your life. You can email us so we can read them. Sometimes we'll use them in messages and different things on social media. But there's power in your story because, see, you don't realize who's, who's waiting to hear your story. You don't realize that i may never get to them when i preach but your story being read on social media or in a message may be the very catalyst that opens up their heart to receive the seed of the gospel because maybe it's the very thing that they're going through right now that god brought you through and maybe a preacher will never get to their heart but maybe your story will share your story share your story What your story is simply saying is Jesus transformed my life and he can transform yours. I honestly, honestly, church, I honestly do not believe there is anything better, (laughs) anything better in life than leading somebody to Christ. There's not a greater fulfillment in serving in God's house and helping be a catalyst to lead someone towards Christ. don't know if you've ever experienced it. But when you experience it, it changes everything for you. you. You thought the buy one, get one free at Pizza Hut was good. It ain't nothing, honey. When you have a part, you play a small intricate part of helping somebody discover Christ, helping somebody get on the same journey you're on. There's a sense of fulfillment that nothing in this world could give you. Nothing. When you serve in God's house, a fulfillment that you're serving unto God, you're serving God's people, but you're doing it unto him, there's not a greater fulfillment. There's not a greater fulfillment. So you can use what you have. You can invite someone to church, and you can share your story. I love my church because we're reaching people for Christ. Stand with me.
0: Hey, thanks for listening today and maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns, you've messed up. I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional and and the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me in Jesus name it's simple as that and I encourage you find a good local church if if you can get to Fuel Church get here God is moving God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time God bless you have a great week